such a great conversation before we hit record. So I feel like now we can just continue it. But before we do, I have to ask you. So, okay, the name of the podcast is called Talking Each Other Home. And do you listen to Ram Das at all? Do you know his stuff? I do know his stuff. Yeah, I love him. Oh my gosh, me too. He's like the one, if I could pick one teacher to listen to forever for the rest of my life, it's him. Mm. Um, so, so he says, we're all just walking each other home, right? Mm. So home, that word, what is home to you? My heart. Mm. That's what home is. It's the deep cavities and chambers of my heart. And I believe that we're all walking each other towards our hearts, our own hearts, and our own ability to love each other and ourselves. Mm. So good. And it kind of does segue into what we were talking about, about how everybody is really just looking for love, Mm. whether they do this or do that. It's kind of like everybody's searching for love. Everybody's searching for love, but sometimes they forget that the love's there within them. So they're looking for it outside of themselves. And that's why I feel that, that, you know, walking each other home, that's where that comes into play. It's about choosing the right people to bring into your life, to walk you back home to your own heart. Yes. Yes. And that was kind of my intention with the podcast. Right. So it's Mm. like, we're not walking technically. I mean, we're all walking on a path, but talking each other Mm. back to our hearts, our home to the moment, whatever home is to people. And I think it all kind of circles back around to like the same kind of feeling. Um, Mm. And so that's kind of why I'm excited to have you on today, because I feel like you're one of those people in my life that continuously help me walk, talk, dive in uncover unravel that stuff to get us closer to home um thank you yes you're welcome and I'm so happy that your clients have you in their life because I know that you don't just do that to me as a friend but you do that during your energy you know your healing sessions during your coaching sessions um and if you want to go a little bit into sort of what you do in the world and what's present and exciting for you um I'd love to talk about that thank you so much um I have to say that everything that I do in the world to help others really excites me. Um, And I'm really, really passionate about what I do. I love helping others. Not to the point where I'm taking on them as a responsibility. (laughs) There has to be boundaries in this, Danny. But I do love really showing up and empowering others to find their own homes within their hearts and that's pretty much what I do I I help people to reactivate their self-sovereignty because that's what the heart like heart-led life is all about is about being that sovereign being being that sovereign being okay (laughs) not sure that came out quite right but (laughs) it's about you know really guiding people back to how they used to be when they came into the world that they'd forgotten about, that got covered with layers of conditioning and sometimes trauma, more often than not trauma, uh, limiting beliefs. I'm really like unearthing that 
part of them and supporting them in that excavation and empowering them to believing in themselves to do the work because the work isn't always easy you know to go back into old places and spaces can be really frustrating and challenging at times and that's where i fit in is that i'm there to support people to guide them to almost walk alongside them not to carry them but to walk alongside them <laughs> i'm reiterating that <laughs> really driving it home but not that home <laughs> maybe that home <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's so good. And that's a good reminder for people too. like coaches in our life. Um, they're here to walk with us, not piggyback your ass all the way home. You know, it's a, it's a guiding and a teaching process and telling you where to look and holding you in the process, like energetically being there as a safe space. So you can journey into these tough places, because I think, you know, even you and I were talking a little bit before and like some of the stuff that's within my energy and my past, maybe I wouldn't have considered traumatic, but actually is showing up to be very traumatic. So I think people out there who don't think that they have stuff holding them back or stuff that's in their energy, you know, maybe there's a little bit more trauma there than they think. And it's really interesting, the whole coaching revolution, like now it's like coaches are like totally a thing. It's totally a profession. Um, and there's these people out here who are supposed to hold us and guide us because they've been there. And so is that, is that what it is for you? Like you've been down this road, you've gone into the depths of your, your, your heart and your energy and sort of started to uncover these things and traumas and habits. And then, and now you're here to help others or what was sort of that for you? All of that to be honest um I think you know when I reflect back to and I don't have much memory of my childhood but when I reflect reflect on the parts that I do remember there was always this inner knowing this inner compass guiding me telling me you're here to help others and I didn't quite understand it at the time and I went through some horrendous trauma um and it was very intense for a very very long time and what i started to realize as i was kind of coming out the other side and this wasn't i mean i'm 44 now and this wasn't probably until my mid to late 30s that i realized that i was learning i was learning lessons i was gaining experience wisdom and knowledge and that's that that yearning to help others became stronger and stronger I was like okay and it, and it was like so all of this stuff actually happened for me <laughs> okay so I could show up and help others okay I like this idea <laughs> and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do because it's I mean I've been through a lot of stuff um and you know so many people have but it's what you choose to do with that stuff. You can use it to become, you know, turn your pain into your purpose, or you can choose another purpose entirely. Just because you've been through a lot of shit doesn't mean you have to use it to become a coach or a healer or whatever. But that was my, my path. That was my chosen path, not just for me here in this, this physical realm in this time, but I think for many lifetimes as well. And I think that's probably why I did go through as much as I have gone through. And as I discovered more about myself, as, a, as I started to learn um, about trauma and educate myself on it and everything else, I was like, okay, there's something here 
I'm applying all of this stuff to myself. I feel that I can now support others because I didn't want to have to, I, I didn't want to do it when I was not in a place where everything had been embodied and integrated. I'd, as much as I believe I'm like the wounded healer, like many people are when they're in this realm, I feel that it's so important to go through the stuff, gain the lessons, integrate it all and embody it. And then you show up from authenticity, in integrity, um, with discernment and all of those things are so important because if you're going to support other people out there who are struggling or have been traumatized in any way then you need to know how to hold that space for them and it has to be an honest trusting and safe space so that was a bit of a long-winded answer but I'm hoping that's what you're looking for that's perfect that's exactly what I was looking for and it, it takes you know I love that you've gone through it because you can help your clients especially when they don't want to look at those dark parts and there's like a lot of resistance and they don't want to dive deep into that it's helpful for a coach to have gone through that stuff because then you can speak from experience and not just from intelligence and I think that's a big thing too um in what creates a safe space for people um, and in like alongside that it's it's the difference between sympathy and empathy you know you can sympathize with somebody but can you actually put yourselves in their shoes and empathize with what they might be going through okay it might not be exactly the same experience but you have some level of understanding the feelings the emotions the thoughts the beliefs everything that might be coming up for them so there's that as well and I feel that in the space of, you know, when you're working with somebody like a trauma coach or a healer, or whatever, I think that connection through similarity, commonality is so, so important because that's, that's what builds the trust. For me, personally, that's my opinion, might not be the same for everyone, but that's what builds the trust. That what, that's what your intuition guides you to those specific people because they have experience, because they've been through it. Every single one of my clients, I can hand on heart, sit down and go, I've been exactly through, well, not exactly, but I've been through very, very similar experiences as every single one of them. And the way that I can show up and guide them through that is firstly through the education that I've gained, but most importantly is through the experience that I have gained. So I can relate to them. Yeah. And that builds the trust. And I think that's everything with the coach too, is the trust, you know, because mm. yeah. they, they will go into, if they're doing the coaching, right. If they're like being a good client, they will start to go into those depths and everything like that. And I think when people sign up for coaching, like you have to be ready for that and ready because the coach is there to pull you up out of that simply because they've been there before too. Um, and because that's what, like you said earlier, the only way, like, what did you say? The only way in is through oh, so uh, the only way out is through. Love that. The only way out is through. And it's scary and it's hairy <laughs> and it's spooky. <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it can be, it can be really scary. But that's the whole point. If you're going to work with a coach, if you're going to make an investment in yourself, because that's ultimately what you're doing, the only way out through anything that comes up in that container is going through it, leaning into the fear, whatever that may be. Because first of all, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that support. 
You're also pay paying for the accountability, someone to hold you accountable for your actions. You have to take self-responsibility as well to do the work. It's so, so important to do that. And there's obviously a part of you that feels that level of commitment towards yourself to be putting yourself in that situation in the first place. Yes. So it's about seeing it through. The only way out is through. Yes, yes, yes. And making the commitment and jumping with mm -hmm. no expectations and just keeping yourself open. Because I think when we like expect things, that's when we can build a big spiral and it can be, you know, then we let ourselves down or let ourselves up and it can be really hairy. So I think also joining a coach, a coach is um, being open and with no expectations. Mm. Um but I wanted to backtrack because I wanted to say something about what got you into coaching is like something that I just realized was the healing I do on me is the healing I do on them. And for so long, I was wanting to heal, heal, heal and serve everybody and put the cart before the horse. But I wasn't really looking at like my journey and my traumas and healing and going into my depths. But like when you do that for yourself, your vibration raises and then you just, you start to heal everybody around you just because of the work that you're doing. Not even like not in a coaching thing, but like you'll notice it in your family or stuff like that. So it's, that's, that was a big epiphany for me like this year, a couple months ago. And it really got me excited about my own healing and like seeing what's in there. That's kind of messed up and knotted and looped and twisted and like what I could fix, just knowing that that's the way to help serve the best is to work on our own shit. And that's such a beautiful space to be in because so many of us get overwhelmed with fear about going into the crevices of our own minds and trauma and to actually approach it with a sense of curiosity and excitement is incredible. Um, however, I don't feel that it's necessarily common <laughs> either. So to have that attitude, I think is so, so important to hold on to and for people to be aware of that you get a choice as to how you want to move forward with this. You can be all doom and gloom and be overwhelmed with the fear and, get stuck in the negative loops and get stuck in the negative thinking and talking and self-sabotage and everything else. Or you get to choose to come at it as a lesson, as an excitement, as, you know, let's get curious. What, what are these things teaching me? How can I make friends with these things? It doesn't have to be a dark place. It can be a really, a really fucking exciting and happy place. However, I say that with a caveat because so often if you've experienced a lot of deep trauma in your life, trying to make that shift and go from shit, everything's awful and all I see is darkness to, okay, I'm just going to move into this happy, chappy, blah, blah, blah. There's probably a part of you that's going to be bypassing something along the way there. So it's a gradual transition. You get to become the observer of your thoughts. That's the first piece, just observing them. Even if they may, you don't have to go into them. That's, that's like one of the things that I teach is become the observer of the thoughts. You can choose then to go into them, be absorbed by them, you know, be overwhelmed by them, or you can stand on the sidelines and just observe, you know, what are they doing? How are they showing up? What are they saying to me? And just, you know, get curious. 
Mm. And when you can become the observer, then things can be a little bit lighter and a little bit more excitable. And it and you could potentially could potentially turn it into like a playful action. So there's that. <laughs> I feel like I've just completely gone off on a tangent then. No, I think it's great. Yeah, no, we're just flowing. This is just how it's going to go. It's perfect. I don't even remember what I asked you. <laughs> no, I don't remember what you asked me either. So there's... <laughs> I, I want to comment on that because there's being the observer of things is so interesting and like almost being like when you're caught in the emotions, there was a couple of weeks ago where I was really caught in an emotion. I was really fucking caught in the trigger and I, I don't get caught that often anymore, but I was, and I couldn't like, it would have been so helpful for me to be up here and go, Oh, that's interesting. Look how that's making you feel and act like a little brat. Um, so that is something that really hit home for me is looking at that like a curious observer like huh and it takes you out of the spiral and out of the grips of the trigger I was just like and I don't I was like blaming the full moon I was blaming my hormones I was blaming whatever but I was like in it um but it would have been so helpful to be like oh that's interesting how you're acting and that's the thing is that when we do get triggered the triggers are basically our expansion points they're big old lights showing us where there's still something that needs to be healed. Just wounds that we may not have addressed or that we may not have healed fully. I mean, with the healing journey, everything happens in layers any, anyway, and nothing is linear. So there are always going to be challenges and twists and turns along the way. But with triggers, it's what you do in the moment. And so often when we get triggered, when somebody pissed us off, pisses us off, when they make us angry, when they upset us, the first thing we want to do is go, you did this to me. Blame, 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 blame. And when you're in the space, some, you know, a lot of the time in the spiritual space as well, it's like, okay, well, I know that this is about me and not about them. And then, but then we can go, okay, it's the fucking moon, it's the astrology, it's the energy of the collective, it's this, it's that, it's everything else. So it's like, okay, let's take that back a little bit. Let's look at ourselves. Let's take responsibility for the situation. This has happened for a reason. What's it trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel it all. Blame whoever the fuck you want. Do it all to just to get it out and then go, okay, I'm going to sit myself down here. <laughs> now we need to have a talk. I need to talk. I'm looking in the mirror. I need to have a talk with you. (laughs) Let's get serious. And just, you know, and the more you do that, the more you're able to lean into that space of observing the thought because you know that it's not about the other person. You know that there's obviously something a lot deeper going on. So it's that choice. Do I want to go into it or do I want to sit back and observe? write reflect I think writing journaling reflecting anything that you need to do to get that energy out of you and to help you to understand the process of self-inquiry is very very powerful indeed um you know the answers are all there within you and it's often nothing to do with anybody else yeah yeah I agree (sighs) Yeah, self-inquiry. I learned about that in yoga too. I forget what they call it. I think svadhyaya or something like that, but it's basically self-study. And that is something I think we don't do enough. I think we're pointing fingers a lot in this, you know, world. 
Um, but if we just, and it's always like people say in relationships, like when you take a hundred percent of responsibility for everything, then it can be really helpful because like you get what you give. So if you're giving out a pretty shitty vibration, then chances are you're going to get one back. But instead of pointing the figure at the person saying, you're not being affectionate, you're not being X, Y, and Z. Well, maybe look at yourself and be, are, am I being affectionate? Am I showing up in love and doing this? That happened to me with Ian. Well, you know, it ha- you know, it's kind of like a reoccurring thing. Um, but I remember we were kind of at each other's throats one day. I had like, we had just come back from a show or whatever. And um, we were just kind of bickering a lot. And I was getting my car washed and there was a, a card and I picked up a card and I just started to write everything I was grateful for, for him. And it just, you know, cause I was watching like law of attraction stuff. So I was like, you know what? All right, let me just give this a shot. And I did, and he read it and opened it. And we went to the gym afterwards and everything melted away. All of the like, just bickering, just stupid little shit we were doing just went away. And it's sometimes it takes one person to sort of step above that and change the vibration. Um, So that was kind of what we did and it changed everything. But I took responsibility instead of saying, you're being an asshole. I turned it around and I was like, all right, what can I do to maybe change this dynamic here? Yeah. That's amazing. You could have turned around and said, I'm being an asshole. Yeah, and that would have changed everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is that it's it comes down to responsibility. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in our subconscious. Our subconscious runs predominantly most of the show. So, you know, and we don't have total awareness of what's there so a lot of the things that's happening in our lives are the things that are you know being attracted through the subconscious through our nervous system as well you know through our energy all of those things through our trauma our conditioning and if things keep coming up and the same situations keep coming up but with a different face or a different mask or a different experience but it feels the same um, then there's a lesson to be learned there. There's something further to go into, to explore. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the nervous system? Like, I'm kind of curious as to how that holds energy or remembers or what it, like, how does, how does the nervous system show up, stuff show up for us? So we have like an autonomic nervous system, the ANS, and it literally, there's something called neuroception. And what happens is that the nervous system literally detects, it assesses our environment for safety, threat, danger. And then it triggers, there's two different branches of the nervous system, the autonomic nervous system. So there's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And the sympathetic is the fight or flight, the trauma response, the fight, flight, fawn, freeze, uh, flag, faint responses. And then the parasympathetic is the rest and digest and the calm and the peaceful and everything else. So if, say when you're feeling anxious or whatever, you know that you're going to be in the sympathetic nervous system is being activated. And then likewise, the other way around. So it's so, so important because your nervous system is active all the time and it works very, very hard to keep you alive because it's constantly detecting. It just, it's detecting things around you even before your brain can comprehend what's going on. Mm. So 
you know, your body will react before your mind will. And I'll give you an example for that. So for example, say you're laying asleep at night and you're feeling like you're away with the fairies and then all of a sudden you just get a jolt. And then it takes you a little, what, like you hear a, a sound or something and your body just jolts and it wakes you up. That's your nervous system reacting before your mind has even comprehended that you've heard a sound, that you're now awake because your mind is elsewhere. So it's just, that's pretty much how it works. So in terms of, you know, trauma and everything else like that, it's like at some point or when you get triggered, you get in, you go into one of those trauma responses, your sympathetic nervous system responds to that trigger. So are you wanting to fight? So are you getting angry and pissed off? Are you wanting to run away? Are you wanting to avoid the situation? And those are all the different responses that happen. So it's really, really important to understand what, you know, where your nervous system is at any one time. So if you're feeling safe, do you know how you're feeling safe? Do you know what's in your environment that's making you feel safe? Does your body know when it's safe? Or are you constantly in that survival mode? Because those, those responses, that fight, flight, fall and freeze and the others, those are survival mode responses because they're there to keep you safe they're there to keep you to survive so it's very very complex and I could go on for days but does that give you some idea of how it works yeah definitely yeah it tries to protect us and I think that's like yeah. kind of like the the overarching theme of it I hear is that whatever responses are there they're, they're just trying to protect us and keep us safe and maybe it's not in the way that we want and maybe we don't want to be saved from those things anymore so it's like we have to really go in there and feel what our nervous system is doing and telling us um and then so it, and I don't know if this is right but is breath a way that we can sort of like hold our nervous like stop it from spiraling or stop it from getting so excited so we can start to depress it with like breath work and stuff like that and then like is there a way to rewire our nervous system so it doesn't react like that when we're in certain situations? Breath work, I'm not going to say I'm, a, I'm an expert on it, but yes, it 100% does calm and soothe the nervous system. So you're bringing your awareness back into the body. You're telling your nervous system that it's okay. Um, for example, if you're struggling with anxiety, then your nervous system is going to be in its sympathetic state. It's going to be on high alert. It's going to be looking for threat. It's going to be looking for danger. That's why people get overwhelmed with anxiety and they feel like they can't go anywhere. They're worried about what's going to happen. And a lot of the time it's in the future. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen in the future? And this, this a lot of the time also is a trauma response. Anxiety is related to trauma. However, it's not always treated that way. Um, so in terms of the breath, the breath will allow you to bring your awareness back into the body and into the nervous system. And the breath is so, so important. But as I said, I'm not an expert in breath work. So if you wanted to go deeper into that, I would highly re recommend to speak to someone else. I am learning. I'm actually doing a course on breath work at the moment. Cool. But yeah, um, in terms of, in terms of, really allowing your body to know that it is safe in any given time it's you have to go into the body to heal anything to heal trauma the trauma is held in the body your body remembers everything it's a response to an event 
So the way that your nervous system responds to event to an event, that is what the trauma is. It's not specifically the event itself. So two people could go through the same event. One person might be riddled with anxiety and fear and really, really damaged in whatever way, shape or form. And the other person could just go along with their daily lives and it wouldn't bother them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So it really is how your nervous system is wired to respond. And that, that again, that's so complex because that could, that could be relating to how you were, you know, um, nurtured as a child, um, how your emotional needs were met. Mm. all of those things are all related so it's really really important to as i said when we're looking at the nervous system when we're looking at trauma is to always look at the body and the way to really calm the nervous system is by finding tools and techniques with the body working with the body to create that calm that safety that serenity i suppose as well so we can do that with the breath, but we can also do that with soothing touch. We can do that with our five senses. We can do that with, you know, with the animals in the wild when they're shocked or when they're in danger, they go through a traumatic experience of being chased or whatever, um, or whatever happens, they, they shake it off. They shake it off. Whatever they go through, they shake it off. That's how they shake off the trauma. The trauma held in their body so shaking is a, is a really good way to release trauma dancing you know mm. anything to do with the body yoga all of those things body scanning and just really bringing that awareness back into the body back into your nervous system and I think a lot of the time as well is that one of the tools that I use um, is just bringing your awareness to your eyes okay so when you look around Say if you're in a moment of panic or you're feeling anxious, your body thinks that there's something around you that's really dangerous or it's a threat. So the, a way to reassure your nervous system that there isn't, you can literally just sit in your chair and just use your eyes and just scan the entire room really, really slowly. And that will eventually, you know, from left to right, just looking up, looking around, that will calm your nervous system. You feel it? yeah <laughs> yeah I do because it's like okay is there danger okay no danger exactly yeah oh I like that chair oh I like that book it's like that yeah and that's the same thing with the you know five things you can see five things you can I don't know they go through the senses there's another thing that you could do as well but that is so such a simple technique to use if at any point you're feeling really nervous there's a lot of panic mm -hmm. um whatever it's just you know, just taking your surroundings really slowly, bringing your awareness, even like, sh so you can see for the furthest point, like the, you know, the corner of your eyes as you turn your neck, because that's effectively showing you what's behind you. So, yeah. That's a great practice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Cause then you're, you're like telling your body and your nervous system and your brain, okay, but I'm safe. not in danger. Yeah. I'm safe. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay, Sinead. Well, thank you. Thank you for this lovely time that we've had together. Um, we're definitely going to have to do this again sometime. We will. Thank, thank you so much for inviting me on.
Oh my gosh, of course. And I cannot wait to have you on Conscious Champion to come and talk about energetic hygiene and healing and just um, kind of bestow some of your gifts on us in an in a industry that really needs it. Thank um, you. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to have you. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thanks. <laughs>